these eight areas of my life are going to be what either cripple my future or get me through this tough situation that I'm in. You know, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to, to have, you know, the supports in those eight areas of my life. And by focusing on those eight areas, I was able to, you know, begin the healing process. You know, those eight areas, I don't think no matter what you believe in or your experiences in life, all eight of those areas will influence our, our decisions in some way. And definitely through the worst time of my entire life, those eight areas were a building block to my future to move forward. It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. And before I forget, be sure to like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and at www.tedhuff.com. That's www.tedhuff.com. Now, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Ted Huff Show. I'm your host, Ted Huff. In 2009, returning from a deployment to Iraq, this Army vet was left alone in a field of many people being welcomed back from the deployment. At that moment, he realized that he needed to make a change. Upon reflecting on the future, he discovered a passion for helping misguided teens find a positive direction. This passion has led him to graduate Nazareth College in Rochester, New York, with a BA in Community Youth Development. And then after graduating, he continued his mission by speaking to inmates at correction facilities and becoming the program coordinator of the Wayne County Youth Advocate Programs Incorporated. Most recently, he added author to this list of accomplishments and with the release of his book, Live Your Dash, Discovering the Eight Fs of Freedom. Please welcome to the Ted Hub Show, Jesse Cruz. Thank you. Thank you, Ted, for having me on the show. It is an honor and privilege to be here. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, no, it's, it's great to have someone like yourself on the show. Uh, first, I want to congratulate you on the book. That's a pretty big deal. Your book's title is called Live Your Dash. What was the inspiration for that? And you know, what does it mean? So for people who don't know the term live your dash, it represents if anyone has ever been to like a cemetery or graveyard and looked on a tombstone and saw that the, um, the date that, that someone was born is usually on the left, the date that they passed away is on the right, and that dash in the middle is telling a story. And everyone has a story with what they do with the time they've been given. And that dash represents what you do with the quality and quantity of life that you've been given. So when I say live your dash, and that title says live your dash, what it's basically saying is that live the life um, that you've been designed and called to live, because we all have a purpose, we all have a calling, we all have a mission. And we don't know when our expiration date is going to happen. Um, so before we get to the end of our time on earth, that we need to do our best to help as many people as possible. Jesse, where did where did the passion for helping the at-risk teens come from? I think it comes from growing up as a kid who struggled in school tremendously and not feeling I had that guidance from a, a strong support of peers to guide me and mentor me. And not having the support of other adults that I thought would have been there, 
um, I realized that I was just kind of coasting through life. Like I didn't really have a passion. I didn't have a mission. I wasn't driven by nothing. I just take life as it came to me. There, there was no burning desires within me. And as I got older, you know, having a family and, and doing the things that I've been able to do, like I realized to get to anywhere worth getting to in life, you're going to need a team, a dream team of supporters, a great support network, a strong faith. You're going to need family. You're going to need friends and working with the youth. I just want to be there to help them because, you know, that's something that I needed when I was a kid. So what are the types of things that you do to, to really help them move forward? It's really just being there for them. I know that sounds so simple, but that's really the truth is that, you know, what you have people struggling through life and they need support. It's just knowing that they have someone who's going to be there for them regardless of what they do. It's to have that kind of unconditional love. It's like, I have your back. I may not always agree with everything that you do. We may have um, opposing viewpoints, but that doesn't mean I love you any less, so I'm not going to be here for you. So it's just building that relationship, building that trust with love and respect on a, on a regular basis to be consistently there no matter what. So consistently holding that space for them for whatever they need at that particular time. That's what it sounds like. There have probably been a few times in your life where you felt like you'd reached your breaking point. I mean, obviously you, you've, you've been deployed in a war zone. Which one stands out the most? And it doesn't have to be the military one, but which one stands out the most? The one that stands out to the most is what inspired me to write the book to begin with. So three years ago, um, my wife and I, we had a child. She was born premature. She struggled every day to just breathe. So she was on a, a ventilator and a machine that helped her breathe every single breath was on a machine and watching her struggle and fight to survive, you know, and then I've watched her flatline multiple times and watched her come back to life. And then after 42 days of, of her fighting, she passed away. And from that moment, I was, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm crushed and I still am. I still have rough days. I still have days where it hurts deeply and I have huge struggles because of what I experienced with her in the hospital room. Um, but I, I didn't use that as an excuse for it to ruin my life. Uh, I want to carry on her life and her legacy and her life was an inspiration. And she's been able to touch people all over this country and in other countries around the world. So I just want to make her proud and carry on her legacy. And that's where my motivation comes from. My biggest hardship has been my biggest motivator. So you mentioned that she was the inspiration for the book. I'm, I'm assuming before the book started or the idea of the book happened, there were some things that you were doing that maybe lent itself to the book that helped you get through those, those tough times uh, with her passing. Just having going to, going to with being in the military and, and, and have that feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And then going to be, you know, moving back home up to New York, where I was living down in Texas at the time, being in Iraq, all those things, they're all playing a role, going to college, all these little things that I did um, were all preparing me for that moment. They were because I had faced tremendous adversity at a young age and I could have let it destroy me and, and ruin my entire future. But I, I, I let it instead build upon something that I was called to do. And that's to reach people through speaking and writing. And, you know, I have, I had a hungry appetite for reading um, for years prior to her passing and reading is kind of what helped me out during tough times and stressful times, opening up a book and, and reading something encouraging has always helped me get through the toughest of times. So I, I would say reading has been a tremendous um, influence in my life. 
I, I want to find out which books that uh, have been like the biggest influence for you because you're, you're an avid reader. So which, which are the three, let's just pick three. Cause I know you probably have a big list, right? What are three <laughs> books that, that like that you think about like right off the top of your head that these three change the way that I look at everything. Well, first and foremost, the Bible. Second would be the purpose driven life. And then third would be a book called the big leap. Those are three books that I've been able to, um, which I build my life upon and my family upon is, is to, is love and, and to care for others and practical wisdom to help those in need. I mean, all those books point to the direction of, of, of love and giving and generosity. And that's what's helped me get through everything. So you mentioned growing up with adversity. What, what do you think is the biggest thing setback that happened then that really set you up for the success that you're you're at today not doing well in school was a huge what does not doing well mean so for me for 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 me that was i was basically not going to pass you know i was failing classes i was struggling my way through school i was diagnosed with a learning disability which i still have you know that didn't go nowhere i'm going to have that pride forever you know i mean i have a, a, a tough time processing words um, reading comprehension. Those are things that I struggle with tremendously. Um, having one of my teachers tell my, my parents that college is something that will not be for me. Um, that's not a part of my future. And, and those are challenges, but I, I just decided, I said, I, I'm not going to let other people dictate where I'm going to go on my path for my future. You know, maybe I'm not the most intelligent kid in the class. And yes, I do have a learning disability, um, but I'm not going to let those labels that have been placed on me limit my capacity to continue to grow. You, you wrote a book, um, which, which is like, it, that's like coming like head on with, with that disability. What are the eight F's that we mentioned earlier? And, and how did you decide on just eight? Okay. So the first one is focus. Um, I believe everything that every human being does at any given moment starts with what they're focusing on, which is related to what you think about. All your the greatest decision you will ever make in your entire life will be based on your greatest thought. So you cannot separate the two. The worst decision you will make is usually rooted in the worst thought of your life. So your your actions will never be greater than your thoughts. So everything starts in the mind. What we think about is what we become and that's what we do. I shift over to concepts of fitness and how I believe that the importance of working out, how, how important it is to exercise. Because if anyone has a dream or a goal and a mission, like you're going to need your physical body to make it happen. So we need to be physically active. And I go a little bit deeper in the book. It's not just fitness of the body. It is all fitness of the mind. Like I referenced earlier, you need to challenge your body physically, but also your mind mentally, you know, whether that's reading books, whether that's taking classes, getting a degree, going to conferences and workshops and seminars. So the fitness of the mind and the body working together will help a person become more healthy. And then I shift over after that, I make references to finance, you know, um, where our money goes, our heart is going to follow. So what we love, we will put our money into. So if we're putting money into things that can be destructive to our future, then what we're saying is that we don't love our future. So we need to be very careful with what we do with our financial resources um, because they are going to influence the direction and path that we take in life. The one that is the most underrated in the entire book because adults almost never do this. 
and they should, and children always do it. And that is the importance of fun. I truly believe that we must all have fun because when you're having fun, life is more enjoyable. And when life is more enjoyable, you're able to reach your potential. There's people who have great success in life and have done many great things. And they can still be very miserable and unhappy in life. And to me, if you have all that success and you're miserable, that's not true success. So we've got four. What are the other four? The importance of friendship. You know, I truly believe that we become the people we hang with. So we need to be careful who we allow into our circle and into our life because whether they're doing amazing things in this world or they're destroying this world, when we spend time with these people, they will influence to do one of those two things. No matter who you're spending time with, they're influencing our decision, how we talk, how we behave, how we act, all those things. So we need to be intentional about selecting people that can take us from one place in our life and elevate us and influence to another place of, of striving forward towards progress. Shift over to the importance of family, which this one gets complicated, especially if you, you come from a family of origin, which we all do where there's family problems and certain situations that may be uncomfortable or abusive or neglectful. Um, but when we are coming from our family of origin, we need to make the decision when we grow up, what parts of the family of origin are we going to leave behind? And what parts of the family origin are we going to bring with us? So we need to be very intentional about leaving the toxic things we experienced from our childhood, leave it behind. Not that hey, you forget about it and pretend it never happened. We need to be intentional about what we what we bring into our, our new family that we create ourselves. Because a family, you know, can sometimes have many challenges with it, we need to focus on the importance of forgiveness. Um, learning to forgive those family members or those friends or those people who have hurt us because one, we do not forgive, we cannot move forward. And once, once you get stuck in the past, you can't even think about the present moment. You can't even plan for the future because you're so stuck on something that happened a month ago a year ago, 10, 20 years ago. And if we want to live that dash effectively, then we got we to gotta move forward in life. And the only way to move forward is to go backward briefly, not to live there, but to, to visit briefly to address the pain and hurt that we suffered or the, the pain and hurt we maybe inflicted on somebody else and ask for somebody's forgiveness. And then the final F, which is the basis of the whole book, is faith, is to know that we not, we're not always going to have all the answers. You know, I mean, that's part of life. We, but when we have that faith to keep pushing forward, to keep striving for greatness, and we never let that faith um, limit us. You know, some people have faith in, in small things and they, they have small faith, but they don't have they don't have big dreams enough to think that they can accomplish them or be successful because their faith is too small. And I challenge people to step out into faith and to know that there is a great plan for all of our lives, a great gift and a great talent. And we need to be bold enough to step into it because there are people all over this world who are depending on us to share our gifts with them. Those are eight really, really good items. How did you narrow it down to those eight, not 10 or five? How did it end up being eight? Well, originally, actually, it's funny. It was nine to begin with. And then um, I was like, you know what? I think people are going to get sick of me after eight. So I cut it down. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got rid of one. Um, and I, what I noticed is because I wrote this right after my daughter passed away. And so while I was writing it, I, I didn't know I was writing a book. I just knew I needed to write. I just needed to get my feelings out. And once I started writing, I started to see that 
all these ideas all started with F. I said, okay, let me, let me stick with F. And then when I wrote through it, I said, man, these eight areas of my life are going to be what either cripple my future or get me through this tough situation that I'm in. You know, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to, to have, you know, the supports in those eight areas of my life. And by focusing on those eight areas, I was able to, you know, begin the healing process. You know, those eight areas, I don't think no matter what you believe in or your experiences in life, all eight of those areas will influence our, our decisions in some way. And definitely through the worst time of my entire life, those eight areas were a building block to my future to move forward. When you feel overwhelmed or have lost your focus, which is the first F, which of the eight Fs do you leverage to get that first F back in place and to, to eliminate that overwhelm? When I'm struggling in any area of life, if I'm having a rough day, I have to ask myself, what F is out of priority? Because all the Fs are important, but once the priority can be mixed up or one can be obsessed about or another one is being neglected, then all of a sudden our relationships have a lot more problems in it. We're facing a lot more adversity. Stress becomes a part of who we are because one of these Fs is either being too much, too much attention is being given to one and not enough attention is being given to the others. So I've noticed when I'm having these interpersonal conflicts or challenges, whatever the case may be, is that at least one or two, could be a whole bunch of them, are not in the rightful order and priority of my life. So that's interesting that you're talking about just auditing your Fs, right? You just you go and figure out which ones are out of balance, which ones are out of whack, which ones you need to focus on, which ones you need to step back from. So that audit is, is, is a really, really big piece. The eight Fs is a great framework. I really enjoyed enjoyed running through that on in the book. And with that framework, is there a specific belief, behavior, or habit that that you go to that has changed your life dramatically in the last couple of years? One of the most important things that I do, and I and I try to do this every single day, waking up early to have space and time to think in peace. I think every human being should do what if and if you can't wake up early, then you got to find some time throughout your day, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour to yourself with nobody around. Because I truly believe one of the biggest problems all uh, people have is that they can't spend time with themselves, truly by themselves, without a phone, without a computer, without a television, without another person. And you can't really get to truly know who you are because you're so focused on all the other distractions and responsibilities and tasks of the day. But when you take time out each day to learn more about you, what's most important to you, then, you, then you're able to tackle that day without feeling sluggish and, and just being beat down because you are not going to get burned out because you know what's most important. Why do you think it's so hard for most people to truly be alone with their thoughts? We all instinctively want more free time until we actually get that free time. Because now what that free time has revealed is that there's all these little issues or challenges or things that have gone on unaddressed for weeks, months, days, and years. And now that you have this time to think about it, now you have to address it. 
and it can be scary. So I think the reason why people don't take the time out alone is because if they jam pack their schedules with activities and just doing things and maybe pointing out the flaws of other people, they never actually have to address what's going on within them. Yeah, and that's interesting you bring that up because I just heard the other day someone used the the phrase um, human doing versus human being. And Absolutely. And that kind of lays out to, to what you, you're talking about is we focus so much on doing versus being and that's that's scary to to go back to something like that sometimes and, I, and i'm all for striving for success I'm, I'm i there's nothing wrong with that that's a great thing we should have goals we should chase after them and we should develop our skills and our talents and our gifts but if you put your 100 percent your identity in what you do you don't even know who you are because you're thinking what you do and who you are the same thing and they're not they're two completely different things thinking about that how do you how do you help i mean you, you have children uh as well uh, still uh, what do you what are you doing to help them be human beings versus human doings and that's something that i i have to reflect on, on a regular basis because you know they see dad writing books and writing movie scripts and i'm trying to do these things and i'm trying to accomplish all these things and then i have to realize you know what although it's a good example i'm setting for them to chase after a dream and a goal am i doing it to the detriment of being present because we can be so future focused we can't appreciate the present moment and what i do to prepare them for that is you know, obviously, I, I'm going to push them to develop their skills and their talents. Absolutely. But I'm also going to take the time out to do nothing. And I know that sounds crazy to say in the world that we live in, but sometimes we need to just stop. Kind of like what you said, human being. We don't always have to be doing something. We don't always have to go to this place and take care of that. You can just be still. And so I try to model that, you know, especially my morning routines and they get up, they see me just still, I'm not really doing much. And so I talk with them about the importance of carving out time. I don't care if it's 30 seconds. Most people can't carve out 30 seconds of solitude with nothing going on. It's that means they need 30 minutes. Exactly. So I just try to teach my kids the importance of being still and just learning how to say no is another thing. We don't have to say yes. We always want to say yes because we want to feel included. We want to feel appreciated. We want to feel needed. And we become dependent on being needed so much that we don't even say yes to ourselves because we're too busy saying yes to everybody else. And I just think sometimes we've got to say no. And that's okay. Yeah. Lots of great little nuggets in there. What I want to do is, is give the three most important tactics you believe will allow them to open their mind and, and expand themselves. What, are, what would those three things be for you? So I, for me, the first thing would be to do something that you love to do. But you have to ask yourself, first things first, what do I love to do? That's the first question. Secondly, you have to ask, what am I good at? Because you can love something. doesn't mean you're, you're really good at it. You know, I love playing certain sports. I'm not going to the NBA. It's just not happening. I'm not that good. I got to be self-aware enough to know that that's just not in my, my future. And that's okay. I love playing the game. I'm not good enough to play it professionally. Um, so you, you first must ask, what do you love? What are you good at? And then after that, you're going to ask yourself, can I make a living at it? 
you know, so you got to obviously, you know, you got to have the, the financial resources to, to live and to survive. So I think that it's having that self-assessment of asking yourself, you know, like I said, what do I love doing? What am I good at? Can I make a living at it? And lastly, that last question is, does the world need it? You know, how, how many people can I help with this? Who can I serve with my gift and my talent? You know what I mean? So I think starting with knowing what you're good at and more importantly, what you're not good at. I think a lot of people spend their time doing things they're not good at because um, a mom or a dad or uh, somebody in their life influenced them to go down a certain path. So we kind of live through them and follow their path in life um, because we want to be like them instead of being like us. Um, so for me, um, the, the faith is, is to live that out on a daily basis, whatever that case may be, whatever that spiritual belief may be, is to live it to the best of your ability. We should be striving to love and care for one another. So for me, that that's that's so important. Um, knowing what you were created for and who you're created by and what you're created to do. And then lastly, to continue to always be a lifelong learner. No matter how much you learn, you still know less than 1% of everything there is to know on planet Earth. That's for everybody. The smartest human being on Earth to one who doesn't know much at all they all still know less than 1% of everything that there is to know in the world. So that motivates me. And I, and I hope that it would motivate somebody else to know that no matter if you've reached the pinnacle of success and reach millions of people, that there's still always room for improvement. There's always still room to grow. And that we should always be looking forward to how can we get better? Because when we get better, everybody around us gets better. Our marriages get better. Our children get better. Our career gets better. Our business gets better. Our audience gets bigger because we are getting better. So I just think it's the importance we should strive to, to do more, not to the point of where it's all about doing, 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 you know, still have the balance of being able to how to relax and take a day off because I believe that's important too. Um, but to do it effectively and find the balance of taking time off. Um, but when you're done with your taking your time off, we're back at it, working hard on it. We should be working harder on ourselves than anything else. Before we, we wrap up, where can people find out more about you, get your book, reach out to you? Where are the best places to do those things? So people can contact me on Facebook, Jesse Cruz on my business page, Jesse A. Cruz. They can contact me on Instagram, author Jesse Cruz. Um, or if they want to email me, authorjessicruz at gmail.com. <clears throat> and real quick, I just wanted to throw in there uh, to your listeners that next week, um, which would be, I think, July 29th, it's next Wednesday, I believe that's what it is, I'm starting a 30-day giveaway. Basically, what that means is for people who are visiting my Facebook page, I'm going to present an opportunity for our, everyone to enter into a contest. Entering into this contest is what's going to consist of I'm giving away a free plane ticket in the, in the United States. So for people who are looking to travel here sometime between now and next, I think next April is when I got the expiration for. So it goes into 2021. Someone who's looking to get on a plane and go travel and get away from um, things that are going on in this world and take a break and vacation or visit some family and friends. This is a great opportunity. You know, I just think it'd be important to bless people. That's what it's about. And so they can check me out on Facebook there and, and get them message me for details. And I just want to do something to give back to the audience, people who are listening to your show and, and people who are buying my books. I just want to give them this opportunity. 
Well, definitely we'll put the, all that information inside of the show notes and that way people can click on, find you really quick, really easy. And, and hopefully one of them is, uh, is, is the winner of the trip. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I don't get to pick the winner. It's all done by a random computer, but I mean, anybody who enters has a chance to win. There's only going to be one, but it could be you. <laughs> fantastic. Well, Jesse, I appreciate your time today. Um, this, this book hits on some very key points and I recommend everybody go and pick it up. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's a really quick read but it has some very impactful things and it's something that you can go back to over and over again as a refresher. Um, before we go, I just want to say once again, thank you for the time that you've given me to share this message and to share this word with people. And I, I appreciate everything that you're doing to spread a message out to the rest of the world. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.